care since the pandemic. I think what's come up for me is how it really truly doesn't exist in this Canadian context and the North American context. And I'm, I say that just because of all the rhetoric around like anti-masks and like anti-encampments and all of that. It was, it was really tough. I mean, when, when uh, the lockdown first hit in March, we were exactly one week away from launching our business. And we had a huge, like, opening night planned. Um, and unfortunately, that whole thing had to um, kind of just be put on pots. And uh, we, were, we really had no idea what um, the future of our business was going to be, whether we were going to be able to open at all or... Um, what that was going to look like. You start hearing stories about rent becoming uncontrollable. The story is very familiar to us, women's markets and tenants across the city. In the past two weeks, we've seen an explosion of eviction hearings in Toronto, with many tenants right to justice, reduced to just one minute group trials. Like for Kensington Market, it's been hella quiet. Like I've I've been talking to store owners, um, as like you know, as my friends too, and my neighbors around. And like, what fruitful about it is like they're they're trying, you know, trying to like you know collaborate. But it's it's sad to be honest. It's really sad, like what what it is. And like this prediction has been happening for the past two, three years. So like about this, like what's gonna come in and what's gonna come out. It's, it's sad because like you build a like relationship with a lot of these like places and you also know the history and story of a lot of these places. And um, it's 
so it, it makes you sad it makes you angry that you can't also do anything about it because um, it also feels like you're losing your space and your sense of community it just seems like right now corporations are looking at Kensington like 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 you know fish in a shark tank like they're basically just waiting for their opportunity to just like come in and ruin everything and turn it into Yorkville basically There's not a lot of power that I can do to influence the government, for example, to like stop any of this. But I can, I can definitely be part of the of the movement of uh, of people who are you know defending the market, the culture for what it is. Wait for businesses to survive, I guess, would be for landlords just pay less rent or no rent whatsoever until this is over. So many businesses have been paying rent for so many years, so the landlords should be a little bit more acceptance to the government and try to help them out. We already borrowed so much money from the government, and then what's going to happen? Are you going to go in debt as a small business? What the pandemic has shown me is how much more deeply rooted individualism is in white supremacy. I, I think we knew that, but I just, I've really, really figured that out last year. And for the folks who are the most marginalized, face the brunt of it all the most. And it's interesting because obviously, like, the data shows that, like, COVID affects, like, those who don't have access to healthcare the most, like, brown, black people. Um, and so I, I, it just makes me think about when people get really defensive about like just showing up and sharing space and sharing resources. It just, what it says is that I don't want to share with these people, with these kinds of people, people who look this way. And that's that. I mean, when I, when I sort of think about my headspace and, and what I was feeling and thinking at that point, I mean, yes, there was a lot of things that were like very scary and, and uncertain. But one thing that I, I did sort of take away from that experience was the intention and the community that we were trying to build through the space over the course of, of the pandemic. And I think in a lot of ways that just motivated me to um, to push forward with it in whatever way was possible. Whereby I was, in, I was, whenever I saw somebody, it was um, in the office, but that has certainly changed. There is like a kind of like storm cloud kind of looming that people feel like is there and you can kind of sense it. But I feel like, like in all the, in the spaces also that I'm also part of, just the precarity of the situation and like, being people who are doing something like creative or sort of non-conformist stuff. I feel like when people are scared, like they kind of get more vulnerable with each other. And I think it also what's come up for me around care is that there is no real like systemic pathways for care for caregivers. 
caregivers are expected to just figure things out and to just continue to just like hold their own and we don't hold them down and it's it's really really fucked up and i think it's past like burnout it is it's difficult um working with people psychotherapeutically it's it's so much easier to pick up on things when you're in the room together my experience is like as a social worker as a social service worker like there is no support and like unless you work for an organization or a nonprofit that like prioritizes that you're just honestly it's fucking hard it's really really fucking hard and i just see how like i'm just honestly i'm, I'm so concerned as to how people are going to like um recover ever mentally emotionally honestly because this pandemic has really just broken open so many things and so many like people that i including myself that i'm just like I don't know how to return back to what we were doing before. Maybe we don't need to. Maybe, maybe we don't need to. So I think it's that connection to the people. And now that the pandemic has been going on for over a year now, and we're experiencing life with with isolation, not being able to have that kind of interaction and to play that role in people's lives is obviously difficult to work around. People are practicing community care in their own communities, in their own little pockets. But I've yet to see like a movement to come out of it. And I'd like to see some community care happen on a wider and a larger scale. And then they would like try to like find some way to like feel like they're together. That sense of like we have to cling tighter is a thing that's also come out of this. Finding different ways to care for each other. It looks different depending on who we're dealing with, so it's To be honest, like when people talk about like, yeah, how do we create better futures for everybody? I don't, I honestly subtract everybody with the people who, like the people who are most ma marginalized. Like, I don't care about rich, <laughs> like, like your social location honestly plays such a, like a role as to like, the kind of life you get to live. And some of us, including myself in some ways, because we all carry like privilege and we all experience oppression. Not all of us, but some of us. <laughs> like there's a duality of like privilege and you know the oppression that we experience. And I think that we just really have to subtract everyone for most marginalized. And then it's a thing of like people just going out of their way for each other that I'm seeing. Even like um, Friends of Kensington has done like gate fail my friends tab kind of thing. So like for folks who can't afford like food. Trying to help each other out where they can, like with all the fundraisers that are going on, mutual aid, community fridges. Um, it's all that, it's all that little stuff, but it's like all about like, have you eaten today? How are you doing? Like, yeah. As, as far as community safety goes, something I'd, I'd really like to see is like more of a collaboration between, um, you know, residents in the area and businesses just to like, um, you know, just to make sure that we're, um, you know, having having like a more open dialogue, more open ways for us to communicate with each other. I want to see more community care, you know, we're talking about things like restorative justice and transformative justice, but are we really putting that into practice, right? Are we composting people instead of you know, calling them trash? How are we collectively working as a community to combat these issues?
might be going down right now, but they're going to skyrocket when things open up again. And that's going to be when all of these businesses are the most vulnerable because they're just like trying to get back on their feet. I would like to see more advocacy for the community from the community. We have to acknowledge that with this pandemic and beyond it, such an imminent threat of both gentrification, state intervention, police brutality and violence, um, and surveillance. I think we have a obligation to keep each other safe um, from these systemic oppressive powers, um, knowing that we're on stolen land and that so many folks make here in America and throughout the city are black and indigenous folks. I think we need to be able to organize um, and continue to organize um, in a culture of we keep us safe. No more condos. <laughs> no more condos. Enough.